just scored the first three rounds. Attention. Look at the stare of the champion against the challenger. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. This is InTheFight.net's In The Fight show on Sportinarium Radio, talking MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Follow the show on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at ITF Show. And now from Philadelphia, Doc, Brett, In The Fight. going on fight fans we have a special episode in store for you this evening is i brett halpern taking over uh the the wheels of the train there's there aren't wheels of the train wheels of the truck i already screwed that up it's all good but don't worry free free bird rules apply and i have the hired gun zach messer with me in place of the captain mike lipinski zach how the hell you doing tonight buddy I am perfect. I am awesome. uh, great. Glad to be here. I, it is a pleasure to have you. As always, this is Section 247 Sports presents In the Fight. We are part of the Section 247 Sports Podcast Network. What does that include? That includes this fantastic show where we talk all things combat sports. That includes Book It Better, Pal, where we talk all things wrestling, past, present, and future. And the Goal Line Stand podcast, all football, all the time. We are thrilled to be on Sportswire Radio. We thank Tommy Bryce so much, the program director. It's been fantastic. We love all the other shows on Sportswire Radio. It is growing bigger and bigger, and we're very happy to be a big part of that. We are also a Sports Talk Philly partner, where the captain, Mike Lipinski, is a contributor to the website. Where can you find us? You can find us at ITF Show on all social media. So that is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Sorry, we do not have a MySpace page. But we do have a website, www.inthefight.net. You'll find articles uh, and different news uh, snippets for Mike. You'll see all of my picks for all the different events. And you know what? You know what would be even better? If you're checking out that website, wearing our merch. That's right. We have three awesome T-shirts that are available, and we're actually going to be having more in the future. You know, the Hired Gun even has the T-shirt. Zach, aren't they comfortable? They are fit-friendly. I mean, that green one, it just fits me like a glove. You know, I, I wear it to the gym. I get looks. I mean, I don't really get looks, but I tell you <laughs> and other people I get looks. Uh, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've, uh, I haven't really shared this with anyone in, in our, our In the Fight family. Uh, the last month or so, I've been dedicating myself to some health and wellness. I'm actually, as of this morning, down 28.2 pounds, which uh, it's right. kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like uh, I have a cat. And that, that makes me sound even less manly, but it's like <laughs> I have, it's like I lost two of my cats. You know, my goal is that I can ultimately be fighting in the UFC heavyweight division. There you but go. Nevertheless, I'm walking in the neighborhood with my in the fight shirts. I get compliments. I even got complimented at Salad Works, and the guy's like, "You're looking really good." And obviously, mm -hmm. I think it's a because I lost weight, but b because I was rocking the t-shirt. So no, they are nice shirts. Yeah, to, to be honest, they are. They are. They are really cool, nice shirts. So where can you find these great shirts? You can find them at tkostore.com. T e e k o store.com. 
click on the other shirts tab. It'll bring you to the in the fight page. As I said, there's going to be more designs coming. Uh, and thank you for the support. Two more, speaking of support, two more fantastic companies that we have to mention. First, as always, we're brought to you by Michael's Glass Company, the premier glass company in the Delaware Valley area, serving all of your glass needs. 215-338-3293. Tell them Mike, Brett, and the hired gun sent you. <laughs> I don't maybe just say Zach, it might sound a little weird if you're, you know coming to a yeah. company and they're like well the hired gun sent me that, that yeah might yeah it, it, might, it might might be a problem yeah, that I might wouldn't. not be a good luck yeah and lastly yeah. if you're in the delaware valley area look we're, we're talking about fights you know people who uh are talking about fights they like to eat good food right it's all about clean food healthy food and tasty food so where can you get all that you can get all that at DePaul's table 7 east lancaster oh. avenue ardmore pa uh, it is a modern Italian steakhouse, DePaulsTable.com. Fantastic. Uh, so thank you for all of our sponsors. Thank you for the hired gun for stepping up, uh, you know, and uh, taking over for Mike this week. It's always great to have you. So what is on store for this evening? We're going to talk, I guess, unfortunately, because uh, I'm, you know, to me, this is probably one of the scummiest things we're going to talk about ever mm -hmm. during the show is uh, we're going to be reviewing the Triller I don't even want to call it a boxing event, but we're going to be re, re, uh, we're going to talk about the Triller event that occurred on Saturday. Then we're going to preview both Bellator 266 and UFC Vegas 37, which are coming out this weekend. And as I discussed last week, we're going to do sort of just like a brief run through of each division in the UFC, kind of who's the champ, what's going on, the state of each division, you know, nothing like, you know, major, just sort of like, you know, and I'm very curious to see Zach's uh, take as well on, you know, who might be the most dangerous challenger for each champion in the division. So I thought that'd be a really interesting exercise. So with that being said, Saturday evening, um, frankly, I'm proud to say I did not watch this. I did not purchase this. So I guess I, I have to ask you first, Zach, because I know you like all things freak show. Yeah. <laughs> did you purchase this? You know, I have, I have to say the entire day I was debating it, and I was like, listen, if I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. But if, but if I'm up, I might get it. You know, Lampley getting out of there. And just watching Holyfield through the week and hearing other people talk about their interactions with him over the past, you know, several years, it see it it it, it, it did not seem like um, you know a good time. Yeah. And and I did I did to use the word scummy as you, as you put it before. I I, di I did feel kind of part of the evil that's going around for the for the first time uh of all this you know paul brother madness and, and i will i will admit to that it did it did not feel good i uh just seeing holyfield you know uh, really you know go down with a swing and a miss into the yeah. ropes at that left hook um it did it, 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 it didn't feel right um but you know I, I I will say that I I wanted to see the event because of the co-main. I wanted to see Anderson and, and and Tito in there. 
Yeah. I uh, I like the resurgence of the feel good story that is Anderson Silva and what he will do next. Yeah. And I want to see what he will do next. Yeah. Um but uh but I don't think Triller has the best interests of these fighters. I think everyone can agree on that now. Um and it it, it doesn't feel good um and I wonder what a you know, Tiafimo, who's on the next Triller card, um, who's now a face of boxing, uh, will say and maybe should say a, a something about this in an uh, upcoming press conference. I, I, I think I think something needs to be said by some of the boxers and, and the important people in the industry, not just on Twitter. Yeah. So um, speaking of Tiafimo, is it correct that they've now moved that card to a Monday because is, they oh don't want to go head-to-head with, I don't know if it's I don't think it's football I, football but I think there is whenever it was initially scheduled there's now a scheduling conflict so they've now moved it to a Monday or something that yeah, is what I, I heard I, To be honest I stopped keeping track they 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 moved this card a bunch of times yeah. and the, the fighters are jerked around every the fans are jerked around um you know there's been like sort of false reports of Tfimo saying he got covid to get to get off the night of a of a big car, a big card in the past uh, of another you know event that's going on so i you know i i i assume that's that's the case yeah uh, i want i want to see the fight as um you know he's he's a person see now but uh yeah uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of a lot of annoying and weird, frustrating stuff going on with Triller. Anything to do with Triller and this card. So, speaking of being jerked around, uh, well, that, <laughs> that that's a very interesting transition. But uh, yeah. <laughs> with respect to Triller, I guess my major issues with it first was set aside Oscar De La Hoya. Right, you know, whatever with the COVID. I hope he's all reports are he's recovered or whatnot. You brought in a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield, who the primary reason he was brought in was because he was threatening legal action against Triller because he was promised a fight. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who I believe New York stopped licensing him in 06. I know he continued to fight. For several more years, but I believe it's after like the Larry Donald fight, where New York's like, we can no longer license you. That's just that's a really bad sign, you know. I mean, you only saw that in the movies with Cinderella Man and James Braddock, you know, when he had the, the hand, the broken hand. Nevertheless, the fact that you brought in on late notice of Vander Holyfield, a fifty-eight-year-old Vander Holyfield, you yeah. then went commission shopping because California said we want nothing to do with this. Yeah, you brought it to Florida. Then you lied to the public and said that the co-main and main events were going to be pro bouts when, in fact, they were exhibitions. Crazy. Which is actually better. But they, but I guess to drum up more interest, they lied to the public. Yeah. So, you know, there's all of those issues. I, you know, then, yes, there's the, there's the President Trump issue. You know, I mean, for all reports are he actually wasn't terrible and i kind of would not i'm not that surprised because a he's familiar with the landscape of combat right. sports he's, and boxing he's been doing this yeah right. yeah and in he, atlantic city and whatever yeah exactly and look whatever you want to say about his political views we obviously know how polarizing he is i'm not here to talk about that 
But he, and whether you're for him or against him, you can say definitively he's a schmoozer. So he would keep a conversation going, particularly in the realm of combat sports. You know, again, though, timing and everything else, for him to be there on the 20th anniversary of September 11th, there was apparently after the uh, national anthem, there was a woman during, I guess, the 10 count who was screaming, this is not Venezuela, who was, she was an anti-masker. And, and then they were chanting for Trump. It's just, it, it just got, like that, that component of it made it even scum here to me. Thriller is just like wh- the uh, who, the people and, and wh- the event that you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to a Thriller show anytime soon, but you know, I, I do, I want to be fair and say that me and a lot of people um, who were, you know, de- degrading this this ev- uh, event wanted to see Holyfield and Tyson yeah. um, until they saw Holyfield and Belfort. Uh, so I'm going to blame myself. I'm going to blame a lot of, lot, a lot of people because it looks like Holy, Holy field and Tyson shouldn't have happened either. Holy field and verse anyone shouldn't have happened either. So, I, uh, so I'm going to gonna take fault on that. Yeah. But just to cut actually to, to actually, I think you're being a little hard on yourself because if you told me Holy field Tyson is an exhibition, larger gloves, shorter rounds, I it's a, it's slightly more palatable and less offensive. Well, what's v- an exhibition? I mean, uh, 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 are these just guys doing body shots? Do, 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 do we need to see these guys get hit in the head? Or Holyfield get hit in the head? Do we need no. to see that exhibition? Like, okay, we're gonna do an, a body a body shot exhibition. Okay, I mean, but I think I, Tyson would understand the concept of an exhibition more so than Vitor Belfort, who looked like 2013 Vitor Belfort all TRT'd up when he basically cost Michael Bisping an eye. I mean, yeah, so you know, I, I thought, you know, I was thinking, it was like a lot of people were saying he was going to play, and we're maybe talking about this too long, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of people that were thinking maybe he'll, he'll play along. And then you saw Holyfield come out and throw a j- jab like, yeah. Oh, oh my God, he's on like, all, I don't know what he's on, but then uh, Belfort's like, oh shit. This is all this guy had. I'm gonna freaking go to town on. It was yeah. it was it was like a switch went off. Is like okay, time to go to work. And he just went freaking nuts. Yeah, he looked like the Vitor Belfort that fought. And this is gonna predate your MMA. <laughs> he looked like the Vitor Belfort who fought Vanderlei Silva at like Pride 13 in Rio. It was like yeah. the fa- it was Vitor's famous clip for the longest time where he stopped Vanderlei with like mm-hmm. a string of like 20 punches. And he, I mean, you could tell afterwards, this guy is, he, you know, his testosterone is through the roof and he's screaming at everyone yelling, trying mm-hmm. to get the Jake Paul fight and all that. So we'll get to, we're going to get to the Paul brothers in a second. Oh, can we Let's, talk about Jake Paul for like 45 minutes straight? Can we just all, can, can we just do, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, there was a reason I didn't bring you on the Tyrone Woodley week. So, but anyways, uh, I do the co-main event was that was particularly pleasing to me because I can't stand Tito Ortiz. First question yeah. though is, do you think that was Fugazi? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Those weird punches. It was like a simulation. It was like a, a Matrix Deja Vu 
replay gif kind of thing what yeah. the hell was that yeah. um it was strange uh he did. I mean, but the the punch was clean. Uh, the punch no, was I, clean and landed flush. I agree. God, but I, I why would it be? A, why would it be? A, I mean, I don't know what he has to gain. Who knows if he, there was a bet? I don't know. I believe it generally was real. It it, it did not look good. Look, Tito, Freddie, and I've I've said this a million times. I think we should probably get some money from him. Follow Bohashina Depot on Twitter mm -hmm. and you will see all of Tito Ortiz's I call them Titoisms. The guy really can't put together a coherent sentence. So at this advanced age following a really tough wake up where he still actually missed weight by five pounds. I, I, he's probably not thinking straight. It was a stupid tactic. It just looked really weird. He kept throwing that little short check hook in the corner. But then he just got flatlined. But, and, but so let's go to the pot. Anderson, though, looks great. Yeah, he looks great against Tito. Yes, he, uh, but, but, but you know what? Anderson is throwing a straight jab and he's throwing short, compact boxing punches. Yes. Not wailing over the top right hands you see in M MMA. He's showing, he's throwing at the distance in boxing that, um, that, and he's showing power at the, at that, you know, pocket kind of kind of distance with those short punches yeah. and uh yeah i, I want I, i'd like to see more of anderson um, it, it, you know it's it feels good i know there are some boxers that some pro boxers who have actually gone to twitter to compliment anderson on his skills as nice. a boxer i think devin haney maybe i don't i i maybe yeah i might I be saying the wrong no, i think no. that was yeah so yeah. i mean to his credit, and look, Anderson Silva, you know, in his height, had otherworldly reflexes. He was just a tremendous fighter, one of the greatest of all time. And even though he is not what he was, he's a striker, so he understands. You know, he had a rudimentary understanding, and he actually did have two pro boxing fights in the past. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so moving forward, yeah. First question. Mm -hmm. Will Anderson Silva <laughs> fight either of the Paul brothers? Now, I'm uh, not saying will he agree to. It. I mean, do you just do you see it happening? Uh, I don't see him fighting Jake next. If there is a Paul brother fight next, it will be Logan. But I know Logan is sort of coy and talking to someone else. Gino, J Jake came out and basically said. Did he say something like I I like the guy, I respect the guy? You know, I think I think the press conferences with with Anderson, uh, he's such a likable guy. I don't think yeah. Jake would I don't I just don't the back and forth is not gonna be fun for Jake. Jake likes that like, you know, that heat. And Anderson's yeah. not giving the heat. And I th I think Jake realizes that Anderson has the has the range, uh, you know, and the size. Uh, yeah. that sort of, he, you know, he, he wants to have the undersized MMA guy with the, with the name who doesn't have the range on him. So Jake could keep him at bay. He, I, you know, he, so I, I, I don't think we'll see, um, I don't think we'll see Jake versus Anderson. The only, the, I think if, if, uh, Anderson somehow beats Logan and Jake gets the money fight with Jorge or whoever it is, and, and then, then he'll fight, fight Anderson when it's like the, the last or second to last fight before yeah. KSI, before it all ends. 
Yeah, I, I I unfortunately agree with you because watching Anderson and then also watching the Chavez Jr. fight, I do believe Anderson can take out Jake Paul. I think it would be a long night for Jake Paul in the ring. You think he has that killer instinct to take him out? You know, Tito yeah. Tito came forward. Um, you do you think Anderson would? Jake's going to get tired. Anderson will have the cardio. You think Anderson will go to work? and have that killer instinct to get, well, to get Jake out. Okay, so I don't necessarily know if it ends in 30 seconds. I think he figures no. out Jake's timing, and then Jake gets a little tired, and then it's over. And I think he lands a beautiful counter, whether it's an overhand. It probably won't be an overhand right. It'll probably be some form of a hook, and Jake goes night-night. That's what uh, I think. See, see, I, I, see I, I, I think Anderson would have to say I want to end it for, for him to beat Jake in that fashion. I think he. I think it's a one punch counter, like one counter punch knockout. Not That's counter. the way I see it. Okay, but okay. I think not the case with Logan simply because of the size. And Logan knows how to. No, Logan knows how to stay alive. I feel like better tie up, tie, tie up. up. And, it it yeah, and frankly you, won't be as exciting. And either yeah. way, you raise the excellent point with respect to Tyron Woodley was able to bring an element of heat to that matchup with Jake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Anderson Silva, unless you're and I, Jake Paul is a shit talker, mm-hmm. but to get under Anderson's skin, you need to have a level of intelligence and sophistication like a Chell Sonnen. That's not Jake Paul's game. He's a YouTube <laughs> young kid. You know what I mean? It's a completely different kind of shit talking that Anderson. will just laugh at. Yeah. Won't yeah. Him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you have to basically mm-hmm. say that the Noguera brothers, I mean, <laughs> Chell Sonnen, basically, and I'm, I don't believe, and again, this was Chell Sonnen's words, essentially, you know, that the Noguera brothers were monkeys and, and, you know, that they literally thought that, oh. you know, I mean, it, it was He's not going to do that. You know, I was, I was going to yeah. say Jake, J- Jake and these guys will do their research on how to get yeah. under the skin, but they're not going to, they're not going to destroy themselves uh, that way. No, and it just, it won't come off as genuine and it, it just won't. Yeah. So, you know, then I guess, it, so who do you, the, I guess then do you think Vitor Belfort is viable for either of the Paul brothers next, particularly Jake? No. And Jake said so much is that that's, that's not happening. I think he like considers Belfort pathetic. He, apparently he's tried to like approach him in the in the past and come up to him and no, I don't, I don't think that's viable. I, you know, I, wh- why can't we see Anderson versus, versus Belfort? I mean, I saw the MMA fight. It ended up yeah. in great KO. Yeah, I know. But I want, I actually want to see it a boxing yeah, fight. I guess I, I don't, to me, it's, it's like, I'd rather them just step back in a cage. Cause I'd like to see them. Kick. No, no, I want, no, I kind of want to see the boxing with the, with them. I want to see it. I, I you know, but um, I, I understand. I guess to me, it's just again, Anderson's KO of Vitor was one of the most famous KOs of all time. The front kick, right? And now it's like right? you're, you're taking that element out of it. Yes, that's why I want to see it, <laughs> yes. and that's why I don't want to see it. But you oh, know, no, I, I look. Yeah. I you know, it, it should. It it will be interesting. And then it'll be interesting to see who the Pauls fight next. I got to tell you, because you mm-hmm. and I have not really chatted about it. We're not going to go into complete depth about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am not feeling the whole Tommy Fury thing. No. 
Nah, he, he's, no. I was not impressed. I mean, no. the guy should just stick to being a reality star. I'm sure he can get whatever woman he he wants. Yeah, I, UK, but I I think he is bringing a ton of UK buys an audience that we're not considering. But I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping that Jake is just dragging him along and pumping up his name for maybe a future fight to keep building him up and up and up and up. So he's bigger and bigger and bigger when he finally maybe needs to fight him when he's lost a fight. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I think Jake uh, has Masvidal as one A and Nate Diaz as one B, and uh, Connor is like the the dream fight, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But okay, none of them are going to happen because Dana, Dana White is never going to agree to this. Well, didn't there's Masvidal too much downside. There's too Masvidal... much downside to allowing yeah. Masvidal or Diaz to. It was one thing to allow Conor McGregor to fight Floyd Mayweather because it everyone essentially knew Conor right. was going to lose, but it doesn't matter. It's a money grab. This one, even though Masvidal and Diaz are smaller than Jake Paul, and mm-hmm. that will make it somewhat competitive because of the size differential, I think there's too much. If you have the UFC's BMF, yeah. lose, that's a bad luck. Well, look at you. Look at you, what you're saying right now. If you have the UFC's BMF lose to Jake Paul, the fact that you're saying, even considering it and not being like, what the fuck, let Dana, Dana let this guy fight this asshole. It, it's amazing I, where no, we've come but, to. Well, okay, it's it's more because we saw Tyron Woodley land a right that almost did put Jake through the ropes, right? But the end of the day, there's there is such a thing as size differential, and I also saw Floyd Mayweather not able to put away Logan Paul, who's much bigger than him. And, is- and you know what? Apparently, Logan hurt Floyd more than Floyd hurt Logan with with that eardrum shot. Apparently, that's what happened, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. So again, if I you know, I think. First off, if this is in a cage, the thing lasts 30 seconds and it involves ligament damage and arm and unconsciousness. But, you know, in boxing, uh, Jorge Masvidal is not a big guy. Those aren't even true 170 pounders. So they're even smaller than Tyron Woodley, even though both are better boxers than Tyron Woodley. Mm -hmm. So, you know. I, I, I knew we'd end up with a Jake Paul conversation, but anyway. Well, I'm 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 hoping for one of those fights, but uh, yeah, we we might get stuck with the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight in UK that does better than we expect uh, we expected to because of all the fans that Fury has in the UK from whatever that show was. Yeah. So speaking of doing better than expected to, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was reported, I believe, this week. The Paul Woodley pay-per-view did 500,000 buys. Mm-hmm. Is that more or less than you thought? Less, a lot less. I thought yeah. it was going to do over a million. Uh, over a million. Me too. Um, and, and I bet you Triller and, and whoever else would probably say it did over a million. So it's like I don't know who to trust anymore. I I guess for now I'll trust the, this this current number. But, it, I mean, it's still – if you look at around, it's still pretty freaking good. What did, do, you, do you remember what Floyd and Logan did? Um, I thought they did like seven fifty or eight. Okay, well, but geez, I think that was right because of there. Floyd. But that's—I mean, 
that's okay. So yeah. in the in looking at that comparatively, you know, okay, that's I guess that's where you're supposed to land. So good. Yeah, and I trust those numbers more because they're Showtime numbers as compared with Triller. Right. So right. yeah, but I did find because I was surprised. I thought it was going to do closer to a million. I, I'm with you on that one. So, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, uh, so I guess we should move onwards to some yes. actual fighting, which there is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first, Bellator 266. You know, just by habit, right? I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so Bellator is going to be on Friday night. Bellator is actually going to be on Saturday night, going head to head with the UFC, and. Yeah. I don't think it's because of a – is it because of a boxing match Friday night? I don't understand the decision to go Saturday as opposed to staying I don't when you're late on Friday. I no, there's – I mean, that. there's a Showtime fight on Saturday, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, the arena kind of thing. I have uh, no idea. I, uh, I don't know. So from a name value, it's because I guess we're going to compare and contrast. Both Bellator 266 and UFC Vegas 37, both main events are light heavyweight matchups. And you could make the argument that in terms of name value, Bellator mm-hmm. has the edge here because it's Phil Davis against Yoel Romero making his promotional debut and weight class debut at 205. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the UFC is Anthony Smith against Ryan Spann, who's an up and comer. We'll talk about him more in a minute. So I guess maybe they thought, hey, you know, it's Yoel Romero. I think we, we might do better ratings. That I, That's my only thought. But I was really surprised when I looked at – because at first I'm like, oh, it's Friday. But then I looked at the date. I'm like, no, this is Saturday night, which was – it was just really caught me. Usually they reserve that for, like, very big-time events. Like, mm-hmm. to me, um, I would have done the semifinals for the light heavyweight Grand Prix on a Saturday. That's a Saturday worthy event. I don't know if this is. So yeah, uh, maybe they want to get this conversation going on why they did it. Oh, why did we do it? Because we have Romero. And which fight are you going to watch? I'm 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 going Bellator. If they're both on it, if the main event starts at the same time, I'm going Romero. Yeah, that's true. I mean. I've I, I've told you off air before. I may have even said it on it. Yoel Romero is one of my favorite fighters. Just a unique character, a physical. Mm-hmm. I think he probably, in terms of physical freaks in the MMA world, you had Brock Lesnar. I think Yoel Romero though takes the cake. Particularly, I mean, he's forty four years old. He's must be at about like what two and a half percent body fat, doing flips and splits and everything else he does. Uh, he, he marches to his own beat. He's a unique yeah. guy. Um, I will say, though, so Phil Davis, you know, Phil Davis came along right around the time of John Jones. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people were like, okay, here is another younger, uber-athletic African-American fighter who mm-hmm. was a NCAA champion. And they immediately thought, okay, he's going to meet John Jones. And – Again, it's just, to me, I'm just saying I, I remember a lot of people and people – Phil Davis used to like publicly say he, that people would come up to him asking them asking him if, if he was John Jones. He never quite developed the same as John Jones. And, you know, his wrestling is good. His striking still to me is rudimentary at best. I got to tell you, I think this is going to be a really shitty fight. 
Hmm. I, I just have this weird bullet because Yoel Romero, as much as I love him, he yeah. can put to, he can put together a stinker of a fight. I mean, the Israel Adesanya fight comes to mind where he, you know, he's conserving all that energy, particularly against a wrestler. I don't know how explosive he's going to be. And to me, I challenge anyone to, to name me an exciting Phil Davis fight. The guy, <laughs> he just, he, I, I'm not, first off, if he, you know, I, I, I always say this, if he came in this room, he'd have his way with me, hopefully just beating me up and not from a sexual standpoint. No, uh, hopefully you know, not. Not getting it. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but not getting into that. Point mm-hmm. being, he's one of the toughest men in this world. I'm yeah, just saying I, that he's <laughs> not the most exciting of fighters. Yeah, first of all, first of all, that's funny. I feel like the Luke Thomas to Brian Campbell with that with that remark just there. But I <laughs> but I will I will I will say uh that um you know the way he's talking about the fight, it seems like he's gonna come forward. And uh, the, you know he's predicting like a quick stoppage. So if you're gonna come forward to Romero, Romero will answer. Yeah. Um, so w- with if you buy him at his word, yeah. Um, you know I I, I I think we should get a, a exciting fight. And if 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 that's the if that's the case, I I think you know Romero probably lays him. Out, the, the, you know, he's put people away, Davis, right? But he doesn't have like standout power, right? No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he look, I remember UFC 112, he submitted Alexander Gustafson in like the second round, beautiful anaconda choke. But I mean, I've been watching him now for 11 years. I and I gotta tell you, each one of his fights, I, I'm I, I get pretty bored. Yeah, he's only lost to big people though, right? He's only lost oh, to like yeah. Bader and Nemkov. So I mean, I mean, you know, he's lost to the best. Yeah, uh, and he beat Machida in the UFC. Okay, in Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is a the guy has fought a who's who. The, yeah, really, the only guy he did not fight in the UFC mm-hmm. was John Jones. He did lose the Rumble at one seventy three in Baltimore, um, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean the guys, and look, beat Gustafson. He's yeah. he's fought. He just never. I don't know. Uh, either way, I am hoping I'm wrong in this case. I just have this weird feeling we're going to see a little bit of a snoozer. Um, and then there's also the X factor. At some point, to to quote Rocky Balboa, time is undefeated. And as much of a freak as Yoel Romero is, he's getting old. Right, uh-huh. it, it, from f- a fighter's perspective, so yeah. it, it makes you wonder. That's all. Yeah. So I guess well, the, you know it, it. It should be interesting, though. So yeah. Well, with all these snoozers, I, I think we can say God, God bless. Uh, you know the Whitaker Wars that that we we saw because he was yeah. willing to to go with Romero and to and 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 test his uh longevity in there and and hopefully this you know davis will will come forward and we'll, and we'll see some something exciting rather than sort of that uh you know that that uh person who just stands still in the, in the ring that we saw against adesanya i still think romero won the second fight um but also it'll be interesting to see romero at 205 mm-hmm. he's not going to be draining himself as much that is true so yeah i'm interested to see all those things i just yep. You know, yep. and then the uh, I guess of note the co-main event Neiman Gracie uh, is back, uh, probably the most successful 
of this generation of Gracies in terms of MMA. There mm-hmm. are better grappling Gracies. There's better Gracies in terms of obviously you have Crone, uh, yeah, Hunter Gracie. When is he fighting again? Jesus, I don't. I don't even know if he's signed anymore in the UFC. Uh, that I was don't. such a strange fight when he fought Cub Swanson. But anyways, uh, he is he's in the co-main event against Mark Leminger. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, let, let's let's trust the booking of uh, of Neiman getting back on track, and you know, his superior ground game obviously just put him to the ground. And uh, I haven't, I don't think we've seen this guy really, do, you know, do much on on the ground. Or yeah, you know, so uh, put him away there, and the, the, that's what I mean. I think a sub is is what we're expecting here, I guess, right? Yeah, I would suspect so. So I mean, other than that, the, you know, the Bellator card is sort of. Kind of a typical Bellico card. There's a few names, Georgie Caracani and whatever. But mm-hmm. on to UFC Vegas 37. As we mentioned, Anthony Smith against Ryan Spann. To me, I guess, and, you know, it's something mm-hmm. I, I – lately I've been critical of Bellator. And I, I guess I first want to say it's not that I'm just, you know, like a – to use a wrestling term, a UFC mark. I, I To mm-hmm. me, I think it is great. I used to love the UFC in pride days. When you you know you have great fighters all over the place. I used to love when Strike Force really hit its its uh, stride, so to speak, right? But I just feel like Bellator right now is in a little bit of a rut. So, anyways, to me, why I am more intrigued with the main event of UFC Anthony Smith Ryan Span is because you have like the established contender in Anthony Smith, and you have <clears throat> the potential contender with Ryan Span. You know, is a guy who Knocked out Little Nog. He's six and one since entering the UFC. His only loss was the Johnny Walker. It was a strange loss. He basically was beating him. <coughs> Excuse me. And then mm-hmm. he succumbed to a bunch of Travis Brown elbows against the cage. So if it wasn't for that, he's seven and zero oh in the UFC. So yeah. to me, it's like I, I really enjoy seeing those fights where you see a contender and and what is or an up and comer and really what is he made of. Is this guy yeah. legit or not? And to me, that's the question and that's going to be answered in this main event. Yeah, you know, I'd love to see this fight on the ground, but I wanted to ask you, because I think it's going to come down to cardio. I don't think uh, – I have a feeling Span is not going to be able to put out Smith. Smith's tough. What, who, who do you think wins the cardio battle? And for me, uh, who wins that is going to win the fight? So that's a really good question because for the most part, I think at 205, Anthony Smith can go. What we saw, I think one of the issues we saw when he fought Glover Teixeira, it was the fight night after the first, I forget what number this was. What was it, UFC 246 or 247 was that the card in Jacksonville in the empty arena, mm-hmm. the Gaethje Ferguson pay-per-view. The, yeah. the, the, so the, that remember they did three events in that week? That yeah. Wednesday event, the headliner was Anthony Smith and Glover. And yeah. Anthony Smith kept listening to his coach. He was firing away in the first two rounds. Looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. blew his lot because by the third right. round, he was done. Right. So I remember, I wonder, he's so drained. Yeah. Yeah. But since then, obviously, he's gone, you know, he's rebounded, right? He, because he, mm-hmm. he lost that fight, lost to Alexander Rackage, but then he beat Devin Clark and Jimmy Crute. So I think he's better at managing his cardio. Which, when he manages it properly, he's got it for five rounds. Span mm-hmm. hasn't gone five rounds. So, yep. 
And, and Anthony Smith is as tough as it comes. So in that sense, I favor Smith. I feel like he's the more technical guy. I just think Span's got that one punch gift, you know, like just right. But know. I think what with you saying this, you know, I feel like Smith will be able to keep it safe and bring him into the fifth and just win a, you know, that that decision. So I so I'm I'm leaning. You know, I always make my picks. By the way, check them out at yeah. ITF Show and also on our website in the fight.net. I always make our, my picks the day of the fight. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm leaning towards Anthony Smith. The great okay. unknown to me is when you have a young up-and-comer like Orion Span, and there's been so many others, sometimes we don't, you know, we, we ju- obviously we can only judge them on their past performances. But with the guys that truly have it, and we don't know it, though, they they improve exponentially, and we don't know it until they just show up. So is Ryan Spam one of those guys where we're going to see him Saturday night having improved exponentially? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. That's really the, the last question I have about that mm-hmm. fight. So it should be yeah. interesting, though. Then, um, speaking of interesting, the mm-hmm. co-main event features perhaps the, one of the more cra- underrated, too, one of the mm-hmm. crazier human beings in the UFC, uh, one Iwan Kutalaba. Uh, yeah. Who's taking on Devin Clark, also a light heavyweight fight. Um, to me, if Ewan beats his opponents at the weigh-ins and at the stare down right before the fight, you, you literally saw it when he fought Khalil Roundtree. He screamed and you saw Roundtree's reaction and you're like, fight's over. Doesn't matter. But for all the guys that are, are able to smile and maintain a sense of calm and yeah. you know, withstand that initial rush, they always beat them. It's whether you can withstand that first minute and a half of hell, and then you're okay against Kudalaba. Yeah, man, he knows how to absorb a lot and 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 take it. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 thinking I'm go, I'm gonna go with him. I, I feel like he's right up your alley, Ewan. <laughs> he's your kind of guy, Devin. You see, we're like, and I'm a little torn on this one because Devin Clark is a super smart a cautious fighter, but I wonder if he's almost going to be too cautious and, and Kudalaba is going to get in his head. So that's where I'm a little torn on that one. Um, other fights, the, the other two fights of interest for me, one on the main card, one on the prelims. First is Armin Sarukian against Christos Giagos. So Giagos is 4-2 and two in the UFC. Sarukian is 3-1 and one in the UFC. And his loss was in his his debut, where he really took it to Islam Makachev, yeah, and looked really good. And I think Sarukian is another one of those guys. Like I'm not saying uh, like a Hamzat or some of these, but he's one of these guys I think really on the rise. So and Giagos is a tough out. So I I'm really excited to see that fight and see how that one turns out. And then you know I was really surprised that Raquel Pennington is on the prelims. Here's, you know, a female fighter who fought Amanda Nunes for the title. At one point, retired Misha Tate, you know, has fought the who's who of the 135-pound division, and she's fighting a real up-and-comer in Penny Kianza. So this is an important fight in that division, 
yet this is on the prelims. I'm very yeah. – I, I was kind of surprised with this. Yeah, is it an ESPN, ESPN <laughs> plus, plus kind of lead-in kind of thing? Like I wonder – Well, being that it's college that. football season, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is just straight ESPN plus. Okay. So – but okay, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting fight though. Yeah. You know, maybe they want you to tune in to get into the top of the program. I, you know, I feel like they program that, you know, on purpose. Maybe, you know, there's probably some some mat, uh, method to that madness. Yeah, I mean, Penning and Pennington. I mean, I remember watching her. She was on, she was on the Ultimate Fighter season with Ronda and Misha as the head coaches, and you could tell, you could see her skill right away. I mean, she's the one who welcomed Holly Holm into the UFC with a split decision loss. She's always just like two steps forward, two steps back. And she could just never get on a run, but literally has fun. And I mean, you look at, you know, she's two and two in her last um, four with wins over Marion Renault, who's super tough. And she even beat Irene Aldana, who yeah. pretty is, you know, Irene Aldana is booked against Jermaine Durandamy for the yeah. Madison Square Garden card. She's one fight away from the belt. Yeah. from a title fight and yeah you know i mean kianza interesting too i mean she's fought alexis davis sajari eubanks she's coming on now she she was on i forget what she was on a later season of the ultimate fighter she's very talented as well so i i was just really surprised it seems like every ufc card there's like one ufc prelim fight where i'm like why on earth is this on the prelims like it's not getting the rub it deserves yeah so yeah but you know, it it, it is they, what it is. Maybe they like that main event slot to the prelims or something. But uh, yeah, and her her Pennington's losses have been against you know great people. So you know, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll if I make my pick, I'm gonna stick with the uh, you know Pennington, who's probably only lost. I guess this decisions hasn't been to uh, where he takes her or takes her losses to decisions for the most for the yeah. most part, other than, other than Nunez. She, yeah, meanwhile, on, um, I think on Instagram, I saw speaking of her, I don't know if they're married yet, but her fiance, who's Tisha Torres, is competing mm-hmm. in one of those uh, fitness competitions now. Crossfit or Tough Mudder or whatever the hell it is. No, 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 like the actual like physique competitions. Oh, shit. Oh, well, right. I mean, she's yoked, you know. So if there was someone who would probably do really well in one of those, it would be her, but yeah, I, she, I guess in the midst of fighting, I, you know, you can go do that. So uh, mm-hmm. best of luck to her on that. I, I, I randomly like came across that on, it was either you, um, it was either Instagram or Twitter. So best of luck to Tisha Torres on that. So anyways, on to what I'm going to call the state of the UFC. Uh, Zach and I are just going to kind of quickly run down each division, you know, obviously who the champions we all know, but you know, break down top contenders, what yep. the you know next fights are, who mm-hmm. we think is the most dangerous one, and all that. I figured we would go big to small. So we're gonna start. <laughs> we're gonna start <laughs> heavyweight, and then when we get to the women, we're gonna go featherweight down. So starting heavyweight division, obviously we have the champ Francis Ngannou. We have an interim champ, Cyril Gunn. Um, and then to me, the the top contenders consist of Stipe, Curtis Blades. Jerzinho Rosenstruck, maybe John Jones. Uh, but obviously at some point the next fight is going to be Nganu and Cyril Gan. So my question to you, Zach, is am I crazy? 
I am a firm believer Cyril Gunn is the next undisputed champion. Hold up. I mean, I, I've been I've been calling this. <laughs> I mean, three or two, two or three fights ago for for Gunn. I I I said I feel like he 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 knows how to make these fights boring and 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 win in that way. Although you know, give him credit, he put Derek Lewis away. But you know, I I said Gunn beats all these guys. Beats yeah. Jones. Beats Ngannou. Beats all of them. Here's the other thing that really bothers me. I don't recall which broadcast it was. It was one or it was, I don't know if it was a Dana White contender series or one of the fight nights, but Daniel Cormier mentioned he because he loves Francis, right? And he was talking about how Francis is now back in training. Because remember, Francis kind of did a yeah. little did a little victory tour, as he rightfully, you know, he deserved mm-hmm. to. And he apparently weighs about 280. To me, Francis Ngannou, like when he fought Stipe the first time, he was too heavy. He was like, he had to cut to get under 265. Francis at 250, 255 is very dangerous. He needs to be at 250 or 255. But if he's starting right now at 280, I don't know if he's getting down there. And that to me, I think he's going to be too slow. I think he's going to get winded. And I think Gan takes him apart. Yep, I'm I'm with you, dude. Okay. Let's go to France. Let's watch the fight together. <laughs> uh, would, do you think that would sell out a small soccer stadium in France? Uh, I mean, Jesus, no, it should. God, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't take. Well, I I literally can't take the temperature of, of French people with respect to their MMA interests. That would be rather interesting. But <laughs> well, I don't know what the COVID situation is. I think they're, yeah, they're taking too. COVID yeah. seriously. Maybe there's something with that. But yeah. no, I, I mean, I think it's a very popular event over there. Yeah, um, it will be. And it's a great storyline. Both guys, Francis formerly fighting at that gym, his old trainer. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Then I guess the next question is, can you see Stipe beating a Sirogan? No, dude. No. What? No, I, no, I can no. see. I can no. see. I think he matches up better with Sirogan than he does with, with Francis. Dude, Sirogan is literally not losing to anyone. I need John Sterling in there for the call with the gone baby gone when he KOs people. Cyril gone is freaking not losing. I'm telling you this right now. Actually, you know who I think matches up very well with him too? John Jones. No. Yes. I mean, he's, no. Because he Cyril can strike gone from distance. Losing. He can strike from distance. He has a grappling advantage. I, I, I think that would be an interesting fight. But I again, Jones has gone cold. Jones has gone cold. He's, he doesn't got it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I he um, it, it's it's to me though. It, there's interesting fights on the horizon for the, to oh, me yeah. the heavyweight oh, division. Yes, trending up now. Absolutely. This next division, it, it's amazing how much this division has fallen off because when I first started becoming a an MMA fan, it was at the height of the Chuck Liddell, uh, Randy Couture. Uh, era and their trilogy and you you know you're coming off the tito run i mean the light heavyweight division was the darling division of the ufc and now Mm -hmm. i mean and and i'm not taking any way anything away from current champion jan blahovich i'm just saying it's just not it doesn't have the the luster once did um no it's like it feels like it's a guy that shouldn't be champ and he's kind of champ and he's just like Excuse me, it's a big dumb giant who happens to have the belt. I mean, who's just waiting for someone to take the belt. 
he has earned it. He has earned it, but yeah. it just doesn't feel right. Something is just not right. And I think uh, it'd be really cool for uh, the crafty to share to take it from it. So, because I, I, to me, where I struggle, and I again, I give Jan Blahovich all the credit in the world. I know if Michael, if the captain was here, he would mm-hmm. just talk about Polish power all day, his fellow mm-hmm. Polish brethren. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. to me, it's like I can't escape. I, I remember like when you, they used to have the UFC on fuel cards. And Jan Blahovich was like in the prelims for that. And he'd win a fight. He'd lose a fight. He was just like this middling guy who wasn't ranked. And then suddenly just started putting them together. And he, yeah. he figured it out. And yeah. credit yeah. to him. But so he's going to be, as you alluded to, he's taking on Glover Teixeira, UFC 267 in Abu Dhabi. Um, what, do you, what are your impressions on that fight? Uh, you know, I I think uh, Glover. Uh, I mean, geez, I hope I hope I think Glover pulls it off. I think he just figures out a way to just stay away from uh, that. You know, that power and just you know, cra- you know, uses his craftiness and, and just win- wins it. I, I think Jan's gonna hurt him. He's gonna crack him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what happens. Is it does he hurt him enough to just keep him down? Or is it where Glover gets into his escape slash panic grappling? And he yep. actually what people don't understand is he is a world class grappler. And that's mm-hmm. where I think he could beat Jan. Yeah. On the ground. So to me, that is the interesting one. To me, yep. the only other real contender right now. And the guy who's waiting in, um, you know, is is wa- waiting there is Yuri Prochka. Now this guy, you, you know, I don't think the American audience yet has really caught up to it, but a, a fascinating guy. I mean, from the Czech Republic, lives like this samurai martial arts lifestyle. He's got the you know the hair, this unique striking. I would love to see him win the belt eventually and see him against Adesanya. That would dude, be an interesting fight. That dude scares me. I literally cannot visualize him being knocked out. Yeah. He just is just a complete robot monster crazy man who is just willing to do whatever it takes and walk through a freaking brick wall. I mean, yeah. I, 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 he is a – his fights are, are must watch now. I, yeah, if you're if you're a fan, you're turning on the TV, whatever he's doing. Yeah, and I think he could definitely bring some notoriety back to that division. So, uh, and then I guess another contender, two other guys, I guess Alexander mm-hmm. Rakic, but he still needs to prove a little more. And then uh, Magomed Ankalaev, who's coming off knocking yeah. out Iwan Kutalaba. Still, there's more work that needs to be done with those guys. Yeah. Uh, moving on to middleweight, we obviously know the champ, Israel Adesanya. It's going to be fighting Robert Whitaker first quarter of 2022. I think it's going to be his toughest fight. Well, it's hard to say because he did have the war with Kelvin Gaslam. I think this is going to be a tougher fight than the first fight with Whitaker. I agree if it happens. Um, sure. You don't believe Whitaker is going to be healthy at some point? I'm knocking I on mean, wood because I hope it Yeah, happens. I mean that or just like something else comes up I, or it's just like, eh, 
you know, Whitaker says, you know, I'll fight this guy or, you know, whatever the hell happens. I don't know. Just something weird around like these guys fighting that just yeah. like, is this happening? Is this a fight? What's going on? Are we doing this? I don't know. Well, and I know that they both want to do it down in Australia or, or New Zealand. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to ultimately end up being in America. They'll probably yeah. lose out on a huge gate, but nevertheless. Yeah. In terms of contenders, really, through process of elimination recently, seems like right now there's only two, which are, and I think they need to fight each other, which is yes. Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier. Yes. So, any, I agree with you, not overly exciting. One other guy. So, to me, the two wild cards, which is going to be taking place at UFC 268, Sean Strickland and Luke Rockhold. If Strickland wins, you can make the argument, well, he's won a few in a row now. If Rockhold wins, he could reinsert himself based yeah. upon no. – I'm just saying he could reinsert himself based upon his prior accolades. Yeah. And it's oh, a fresh face. You know, no. Hey, he's a no. – you're not, not a, you're not a it, Luke not, Rockhold fan? No, I just like it's I, I've seen enough Luke, Luke Rockhold in the past few years where it's like uh I I don't I don't think he deserves uh to be mentioned in this conversation really, to be yeah. honest. It, to me it's amazing. Um aka Luke Rockhold, one mm -hmm. of the best middleweights of all time. And with all due respect to Henry Hooft, Henry Hooft Luke Rockhold, and now I know he's training with Jason Perillo at Ruka, I don't know if it's – when he was at AKA, you couldn't beat Luke Rockhold. He's the best middleweight in the world. That's the guy who even sick, I believe he had staph infection, took it to Chris Weidman. Okay. But I, we don't have AKA Luke Rockhold anymore. Yeah. That's the problem. So, yeah, you know. Uh, so, next, we got the Walter Waits, obviously, the big one in Madison Square Garden. Kamaru Usman is going to be fighting Colby Covington. So first, let's talk about that. You know, I, since their last fight, which was an amazing fight, take every, you know, set aside personal feelings towards Colby Covington. was a great fight. Since that fight, Colby Covington fought once. He fought a on-the-decline Tyron Woodley, took it to him, put it on him, finished Tyron Woodley due to a broken rib. But since mm -hmm. then, Kamaru Usman has fought um, Jorge Masvidal twice, the second yeah. time knocking him out, being the first one ever to not knock out Jorge Masvidal cold. Dude, he that was the most Gilbert surprising Martin. endings of like the last few years for me, honestly. That was a clean knockout too. Yeah, And I feel as if every time he is fighting and with Trevor Whitman that he is just exponentially growing with respect to his striking. Yep. And I don't – Colby Covington hasn't fought as much. So I don't see how he can have have experienced the same kind of growth. Yeah, That's you know what? my thoughts on this. It's weird. It's like I feel like I should be a lot more excited about this fight than I am. Uh, but I'm not. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be pumped for it. But it's just like – I don't know, this like weird thing in me. It's like I'd rather see uh although Edwards needs another fight, I feel like I'd rather see Edwards against Usman again. Uh, uh I don't know. I, I don't know. There's no juice with that though. I know, I know, I know. I'm just talking about fighting wise. I feel like 
you know, and let you know if you're going to tell me Usman and Col- Col- Colby Covington is going to tr- they're going to try to have a wrestling war. They're it's going to be a ground war. I, I'll feel like okay, like I want to let me see some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like if you're telling me it's it's a it's a striking thing, I feel like right now I feel like so so much confidence in Usman, especially what you're saying with him getting yeah. better and better and better. So I I, I think uh, I think Usman could just put him away, and I want to see him put him away. You know, uh, so uh, I feel you know. We'll the see. only thing that I don't know how much this plays into it, but UFC 268, um, Trevor Whitman, who is the head mm-hmm. coach or the coach for Kamar Usman is literally going to be cornering the featured bout, the co-main, and the main. Damn. I don't know how much of an effect that has. Maybe it has some or none. I don't know. Now, I mean, he did the co-main and main event at UFC 261 with Rose and Kamar. It worked out fine for both of them. So I guess maybe adding a third fight isn't that big a deal. But it's just something to keep. It's just something. I don't know. It's, you're spreading your attention rather thin. Though. It's interesting. Maybe it's not even a thought for these guys. Maybe, maybe it is. I, I actually haven't even heard that being brought up yet. So that's, yeah. uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So in terms of contenders, you got Vicente. You have obviously Leon Edwards. Look, if Leon, Ed, I think Leon Edwards needed to stop Nate Diaz or at minimum that last minute of the fight really hurt his standing. Where it, yes, because if that fight goes 16 minutes, he loses. It's that simple. <laughs> so that really hurt him. And then you have Vicente Luque now, who I think is actually gonna it looks like he's gonna be fighting Nate huh. in December. That that is like the most recent rumor. Nate's gonna really fight him. I think it's a bad matchup for Nate. I think I think it only helps Vicente, particularly if Vicente could finish him, he will leapfrog Leon Edwards. Yeah, I just like I feel like Nate is just I don't know why he would do that, but okay. I I don't get it. I I would just wait around for Connor. Dude, I would just do Connor or or Masvidal. Like, yeah. The, what do you what do you care about fighting Vincente Luque? Yeah, it's like a nothing fight. I don't, I don't get it. Weird. And it's only gonna hurt your brand. But nevertheless, that's yeah. The- I mean, what what do you get when you? I mean, okay. Yeah. So. On the lightweight, prob- this is probably now the premier division in the UFC, um, even without Habib and even with Connor being whatever Connor is. But so obviously we have the champ, Charles Oliveira, and it appears this, it probably will be made official maybe even as early as this weekend. It's going to be fighting Dustin Poirier, UFC 269 in December. I'd say I'd favor Poirier, but you can't count out Oliveira. It's gonna be a really, it's gonna be an interesting fight. It is, you know, I'm, I love Dustin, man. Uh, I'm so much confidence in Dustin uh, and his will. Uh, I, I hope, I hope he wins. I, I, I think he wins, and uh, I think uh, there's some juice with uh, Dustin Chandler. I think, I, I although I don't think Chandler is gonna be Gaethje, but uh, maybe so- we'll see. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you got to that. So yep, yep. to me, in terms of the, the contenders group, mm-hmm. I've listed Gaethje, Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler, Islam, Makachev, RDA. So we know Makachev and RDA are fighting UFC 267. I believe Makachev wins easily uh, in a very Khabib-esque fashion. But then we have what is 
might be the fight of the year. Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. This is just violence personified. Now, if you were to ask me who right now is the of all the names we just mentioned, who do I believe is the best? You had a tournament right now. I actually think it's Justin Gaethje. That is over I, over over. over I, I so if, in my mind, Poirier beats Oliveira in a close and competitive fight, then fights Gaethje and loses because the Gaethje that he fought the first time that was reckless, not strategic Gaethje. It's different, but he, I feel like Poirier is still so much better technically than Gaethje that he could. He's just gonna find find a way to to just be, beat him. I I, I think it'll be a. I would. I want to see that fight. Yeah, and can, can I just disagree with you and every single person in the MMA community that says Chandler and Gaethje is going to be the fight of the year? Chandler is going to come swinging like a madman, and Gaethje is going to put it, that chinny motherfucker out. Sorry, to say motherfucker. Okay, well you're allowed to. I'll say motherfucker too, motherfucker. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's just going to be a it's going to be a five second fight. Look, it's not going to be a war. Jorge Masvidal finished Ben Askren in four seconds, and we're still talking about it. Well, when you okay, when you say fight of the year, it's different than knockout. I understand. I think it's going to be a, a hellacious thirty seconds. <laughs> okay, How about that? fine. I okay. will give that to you. There you but, go. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I agree with you. Michael Chandler's a little chinny these days. I, I definitely agree with you there. Yes. Um, and honestly, I think after all of that, at some point, Islam Makachev will grow into becoming. I think Makachev beats RDA. And then fights Benil Dariush. I, I to me that's like his path. That's the way I well, see it. Well, okay, but who's Dariush fighting right now? He's not fighting anybody. I mean, okay, well, that's so he's waiting for the, these dudes to fight. Then he, he well, there's no one. To... So look, if you look at the USC rankings, right, uh, for lightweight, so you got Dariush at three, Chandler's fighting Gaethje, Makachev's fighting RDA, Dariush already beat Ferguson. Dan Hooker is fighting next week against uh, uh, what's his name, Nazrat Hack Paris. And by the way, condolences to him. He, he uh, this past week lost his mother, uh, so condolences mm-hmm. to his family. Number nine is Con- he's not fighting Connor Gregor. Okay, is he is the third ranked guy in the division gonna, willing to fight the tenth ranked guy in Gregor Gillespie? I don't think he is. Now, actually, I want to see that fight, though. I'd be very interested. To be honest, that that, that I want to see that fight. But if you're, um, no, you're, Rouge, you're not taking that fight. Well, I, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Poirier is going to beat Oliver. Poirier is going to fight Connor. Uh, Gaethje is going to beat Chandler. Gaethje is going to have no one to fight. He's going to fight Darius. That's no. what's going to happen. Connor is not fighting Poirier right away. He's fighting Nate. You, He's going to come what? back. and Connor's fighting. Connor's going to fight Nate. Connor's not going to fight Poirier? Him, no, because no, at that what? point, if Poirier has the belt, you yeah. can't give Connor a championship fight. Dana is going to give it to him. Nah, I don't see it. I don't uh, yeah, I give yes. him, just give him Nate in the meantime. No, no, he no. Could beat Nate. No, because he can't the, pro- beat the problem is if he somehow loses to Nate, then he, he can't, can't fight, fight Poirier. Poirier. Yeah. If he loses to Poirier, he can he fight, still Nate. fight Nate. I understand that. Yes, it's it's a problem. I don't. I it, there's a well. Or else you could just put him up against uh, Machine Gun Kelly. God, Jesus. No. Apparently, that's because he was sliding into Megan Fox's DMs. Yeah. Get it. She's a beautiful woman. But by the way, I mean, is is it weird he hasn't married his girlfriend yet? D. Devlin. 
he, you know what? I'm so at it. I I thought he would. I thought they were married. To be honest, Jeez. I don't think I, they're married. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have three kids now. She's a beautiful lady too. I don't. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm not getting enough. Not getting into that. <laughs> but anyway, no. I she, I think she's a very attractive lady. Suffice, suffice it to say, lightweight division is fascinating. So, yeah, you know, and it's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, yes. On the featherweight champ is Alex Volkanovsky, who in less than two weeks now is going to be fighting Brian Ortega at UFC 266. Got to tell you, I'm starting to go Ortega. I don't know why. <laughs> I, if I we could all... impressed with the <laughs> Korean zombie performance. Yeah, I, I think everyone was, but if we could all be Brian Ortega and take, you know, chill out, or not chill out, excuse me, take take the time off for, for whatever and then come back when when this fight, impressive fight, and then get a title fight, and now he's a favorite. Uh, you know, I think Max should be the, the fighting this. I think Max won the last fight. I, but, all you know, Max is getting the the fights that we would see him uh, as a champion fighting I guess yeah year if we're gonna see that I don't know uh, so, but uh, I you know I, I I think I think or that Ortega fight against the Korean Zombie uh, I don't think we see that again I, I I just had this weird feeling that was like what the hell was that where did that come from how did you get yeah coming out of uh, that all, all that time off and then becoming like a different fighter. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't understand that. I'm going Volkanovsky. Nah, I look, I understand. I'm still, you know, I reserve right to change my mind. I don't know why right now I'm leaning towards uh, Ortega. Either way, look, I still believe Max is the best at 145. I think he's going to be fighting Yair. I'd rather Max just wait. And I would rather have Yair fight Giga Chikadze. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. me, that way you could see who truly is one of the next guys. And but either way, featherweight's an interesting division. Uh, moving down now to bantamweight, champ um, controversially is Aljamain Sterling, but he will be fighting Peter Yan at UFC 267. Um, you know, we've talked about this fight a bunch. I know we even afterwards. I, I think. I think it's Jan's fight to lose. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm I'm a Sterling fan. I just I don't think he could keep up that pace that he had in the first round and a half where he was doing really well. I don't think he needs to. I felt like technically he was better in finding the angles. He was just exerted so much energy that he didn't need to. I'm going to make a bull pick. I'm going to say Sterling wins this fight mm. in decision. Knows how to keep his his pace and his composure. And pick his spots and beat Jan. That that that's very interesting. Um, I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. Here's here's the here's to me is the problem. There is a cobra lying in wait, <laughs> and that cobra is one TJ Dillashaw. And honestly, I, you know, I don't see him. I see him beating either Aljamain or Peter Jan. I think he's that tough and that talented. Yeah, Dillashaw is another level in toughness. Yeah, uh, yeah. If we're if we're going there, yes, I'm 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 t- I'm taking t- TJ. I have a lot of confidence in his yeah. his willpower. Yeah. And then I will say I do believe at some point in his career that Corey Sandhagen will be a champion. I don't know when, but I do believe in the next two two and a half years he will have a UFC belt. 
Absolutely. They said the yeah. same thing about Poirier when he lost to Khabib. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see him in there again. Yeah. And then, you know, the other guy everyone keeps forgetting about is Rob Fott, who just put it on uh, Cody mm-hmm. Garbrandt. I'd love to see Font against Sanhagen right now. Nice. I think that's the perfect yep. fight. So, awesome. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Men's flyweight. I get to do my favorite nickname pretty soon. First, <laughs> the champ. Brandon Moreno, that was that's one of the feel good moments of the year when he defeated none other than Figgy the Barbarian. That's right, yep. Davison Figueredo, Figgy the Barbarian, the nickname that the hired gun created for him. Still my favorite nickname in <laughs> all of <laughs> MMA. Uh, you have Alessandro Pantoja, Askar Askarov. To me, I know Figgy really wants the trilogy belt, but I would give it to Pantoja. Pantoja has already beaten Moreno twice. So that's a great storyline. Get it, you know, and let let Figgy fight Askarov, rebuild his name a little bit. You have a natural storyline with Moreno, Pantoja. To me, that's that's how I would book the flyweight division right now. Yeah, I'm completely fine with any way. I feel like all these guys should fight each other. I'm cool with whatever you want to do. If someone Falls out, gets injured, get the other guy in there. All good. This is this is this is good news all around for all so these four. My one of my wishes for you, obviously, aside from you and your family always, you know, being well, health and yep. happiness, mm-hmm. is that you one time attend a UFC event where there's an autograph signing and Davis mm-hmm. and Figueroa's there, and oh I God. want you to go <laughs> up and have a card and be like, "Can you sign this to Zach Figgy the Barbarian?" <laughs> oh my god you know what I, I, I it, it, is he gonna understand what i'm saying like is that it, how is his how is his english, english? Like, it's not good I, I don't know how that's gonna translate i have a feeling it wouldn't translate well at which point both the translator and figgy would jump across the table and be yeah, dude i might get like knocked out i've always wondered how my chin is uh, i've never been I'm not, I've never been punched in the face, so maybe then we will see. And, and uh, you know, generally Brazilians are just badass people. So even a hundred twenty-five yes. pounder, that that would be ugly. But I, I well, really we'll see what he's walking that. around at that time. He could be one forty-five at that time. So yes, yeah, that, that's a problem. It's a hydrated Figgy the Barbarian. That's yeah, a, that's a problem. They right. should create a Figgy the Barbarian T-shirt. It would sell. Like maybe I, yeah, I, I'll you know what, I'll create it, wear it. To the event, yes, and we'll see. And we'll see yes. what happens. Well, then, if he sees it, maybe he'll he'll be less offended. Dude, okay, here it is. <laughs> okay, no, no, honestly, you know the Conan Barbarian poster? Yes. You get you put Figgy's face on that, and how yeah. badass would that be? Yeah, I think. Oh he'd my, like it. There, dude, that that's right there. That'd there be we go. Freaking awesome. I'm, I'm, make, I'll do. I'll make. I'll photos. Get my wife to Photoshop that stuff tomorrow. She's great on Photoshop. <laughs> I'll, I'll put oh, it you know, we'll, we'll, in, in the fight uh, um, merch right there. There we yeah, go. Yeah, that's a good we'll one. Get, yeah, we'll get him signed on for don't, that. But don't, yeah, I was going to say, don't we need his approval for name and likeness? I'll, I'll get it. I'll reach out to his people who nice. never, nice. never get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, this is probably the most interesting, and by that I mean not interesting, division in all of UFC, which yeah. is the women's featherweight division. The champion is the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Uh, in our show sheet, I actually list out the contenders, and I actually put three question marks. Um, 
I really yeah. don't think that there is a contender currently. They're right now they only have, <laughs> I believe there's only three or four women's featherweights under contract in the UFC. You have you still have Megan Anderson, who's not getting a title shot anytime soon. They signed Danielle Wolf off the contender series last year. She was supposed to make her debut, but got injured. She's a world-class boxer, but she she got hurt. And then they still have uh, Felicia Spencer. Uh, I look, look, the true uh, yep. contender yep. isn't yep. – She's yep. fighting in the PFL. And, 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 and Dana has to open the freaking checkbook and get her signed, which, God, I hope he will. She's going to be a free agent. Make it freaking happen, man. Make it happen. I don't think Amanda wants any part of that. Oh, what? okay. Really? You think she does? Well, no. Okay. She wants part of the paycheck. Or she wants part of that of you, money. I don't think she wants Kayla Harrison. That's a. I think Kayla Harrison beats her easily. All right. Wow. Oh. Okay. Beats I her think, easily. I think Harrison avoids. We're there. We're there. Avoids the shot. Easily. Okay. Yeah, she avoids the power, mm-hmm. gets her down, and has her way with her. Jermaine oh. Durandamy almost submitted Amanda Nunes, who is the, a black belt. In the last fight, she almost submitted her. Yes. Off the back, like was that like an? It instant? was like a weird. Triangle. Did I miss that? Did I turn away from the TV for four yes. seconds? I, yes. I forget that. She okay. almost submitted uh, Amanda Nunes. I swear. Okay. To okay. I'm okay. telling you, it's a bad matchup. Well, I want to see that bad matchup. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's I would love it. to see it. Well, the only thing is, my only reservation is, I would, um, I don't. Kayla Harrison's better at 155 than she is at 145. Right, right. It's going to be at one forty-five. Okay, yeah, so, so that's the only problem. Yeah, she, she, she yeah. Okay, so yeah, it'd be, yeah. Let's let's see her drop down and maybe fight one fight before before then at one forty-five. See see what that's like. And so, to me, it's also a shame that, that you know there was differences between the UFC and Katzengano because remember Katzengano is the last fighter to beat Amanda Nunes, and that was a very interesting fight. It's good storyline, <laughs> whatever. But anyways, let's move down now. Women's bantamweight. Once again, champ is the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Her next fight is scheduled for UFC 269 in December against Juliana Pena. So I guess the the, the, the magical question, do you f- think this is at all competitive? I mean, I'll, I'll take the question marks. I'm at 145. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if it gets That's to the nice. ground, it's I, interesting. I, I, I just don't is think it, she, I don't think Juliana could get her to the ground. That's the problem. Yeah, she'll probably be on the ground. And she's gonna up. get beat up in the process. And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, I feel like, dude, Amanda is freaking just uh Roger Federer, and that is just check, she's gonna win. I I don't know. She's you, you out of all the people in all mixed martial arts. Uh, maybe uh, well, Kayla doesn't have any freaking competition, but you know, uh, I, I think uh, I think you're looking at her to win in any fight. Yeah. So again, next fight up is Juliana Pena. I think we're both in agreement. It's most likely looking like a Nunes win. In terms of contenders, we have Irene Aldana, Aspen Ladd, Holly Holm is out there. Jermaine Durandamy's out there, but I mean, Nunes has fought uh, 
fought them. Then I think the one interesting name, I know I, I have personal interest, my favorite fighter, Misha Tate. Misha is going to be fighting Ketlin Vieira in the main event of an October fight night. I think if she could get past her, see, to me, Misha Tate equals money. It, it, she's not Ronda, but she's, you know, yeah. she can attract an audience. Yeah, and Ketlin Vieira is no joke. No, she's absolutely. Tough. I don't know if she wins, but if she yeah. gets past her, I would book her smartly and I would put her against Aspen Ladd. I think she beats Aspen Ladd and then you can match her up against Amanda Nunez again. And then Let's you say, it. look, I barely made weight. I was mentally not in the fight. I'm be I'm better now. And she looks improved. So mm -hmm. if, if you match her up against Holly Holm, she loses. Holly Holm mm -hmm. is better now than she was when she fought uh, Misha Tate at 196. So that's why. Okay. So Holly, Holly comes in flaky sometimes. I feel like sometimes she shows up and it's like, eh. And she had, she looked great at the I forget what fight that was recently, but I, she comes in and sometimes it's like I it's hit and miss. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. definitely so, high with her. Yeah. So speaking of, of uh, fighters with no competition, we move to women's flyweight, where the champ is Valentina Shevchenko. Next fight is coming up in uh, less than two, week, two weeks. The co-main at UFC 266 against Lauren Murphy. Look, Lauren Murphy has won like five or six in a row. She deserves the shot. Yeah, good for but her. it, I, I, I don't see this being competitive. Yeah, I'm um, not and, taking Lauren Murphy. And then you know, I mean, if you go through the rankings, um, Valentina has almost. <laughs> so Jessica Andrade, who I thought was going to be her toughest opponent, destroyed. Caitlin Jukagian destroyed. Jennifer Maya, it was actually Maya took a round from her, but still. It was 49-46. Right, it was the style that, you yeah. know, Maya has never been finished, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's a few fighters she hasn't fought yet, and Cynthia Calvillo, Jojo Calderwood, Viviani Araujo. I love Jojo jo and Calderwood. Did Jojo, was it? Yeah, Jojo, yeah. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's tough, man. Like, I, I, loved it. I love her fights. Yeah, but I, I feel like that toughness would really – not and well against Valentina. No, let's Valentina. see. I mean, I feel like oh, yeah. And then, I mean, Jessica. I you know, Valentina knocked her into you know like a different zip code. It's, I mean, you yeah. know, honestly, at some point, I we need to see the trilogy fight between Shevchenko and Nunes because I still believe Shevchenko won the second one. Yeah, no, a lot of people do. I I, I did not. I have to watch that fight again. So, but either way, it, it's it's one of the more boring divisions simply because of Valentina's dominance, and there just hasn't been enough. There just aren't enough compet uh, legitimate challengers in that division, and they all just you know, yeah, you know, crumble at the feet of the bullet. So, speaking of great division, well, although I will say one interesting name, and she hasn't fought yet, is Tatiana Suarez. If she can get healthy, she supposedly is going to fight at flyweight. Yeah, she said it. She said a tough go. Yeah, so everyone wanted to see her. So, yeah, but uh, yeah. we'll see. So, anyways, last but not least, probably one of the best divisions in all of MMA, women's strawweight. The champ is Rose Namajunas. Next fight is against Zhang Wai Li at Madison Square Garden, UFC 268 co-main event. You know, I. I see this fight going longer, but I see – I think Rose just has better technique and is able yeah. to 
yeah. outstrike her for five rounds. Yeah, man, she's the best at keeping distance. You know, yeah. you know I, I want to see this fight. I love Sh uh, Zhang, uh, but uh, should she be getting this rematch? What, what do you think? I don't think so, but, you know, when you were the face of China and you think of all of the money associated with – I mean, when she became champion, she became one of the most recognized the, – the Chinese social media. I forget the platform name. She be, I mean, she had like a hundred something million followers. Yeah. So there's big business there. Yeah. You know, I wonder how she comes out after being uh, knocked out. I, I, I wonder if somehow her game changes or she's gun shy or in some way or she's hesitant. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in the fight nonetheless. I think to beat Rose, unless you're going to just do the Jessica Andrade and literally just slam her on her head. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's like a uh, one in a million quirky kind of yeah. weird. I think you got to out grapple. You have to be someone who has great gra uh, grappling and top control, which brings us to the top contender, which is Carla Esparza, who uh -huh. already beat Rose Namajunas once. And to her credit, has rattled off several straight victories be and destroyed Yan Nan, who most people thought was the next contender. I mean, yep. just destroyed her. And again, and, and what did she exhibit? Great top control. I think Rose. I I don't know if she could beat Rose this time. I think Rose is 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 a completely different person and fighter than she was when they met at the Ultimate Fighter finale. But okay. it, she's earned the right, and it's still an intriguing matchup. Well, how's Rose's takedown defense? It's decent. It's not great. But I, but I mean, Carla's takedowns, it's not, I mean, she's not like automatic with it. Yeah. But when she gets it, it but it's interesting. I want to see, I want to see how it plays out. Um, yeah. And then in terms of future contenders, look, you, Joanna's still hanging around there. I mean, Joanna's not fighting Rose anytime soon because she's lost twice. If Zhang Wiley wins, I'd love to see Zhang Wiley, Joanna too, because that first fight was one of the greatest fights of all time. Then the other two names I have uh, are two other women who are going to be headlining, Marina Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern. And I think Mackenzie Dern could be – that's a bad matchup for Rose Namajunas because Rose has very – she has very good – she's a good guard. But, you, I mean, there's no one – frankly, you might even say in all of women's MMA, but particularly in 115, that can, you know, lay a finger on Mackenzie Dern's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So – and she's now starting to get in shape. I mean, before she used to miss weight badly. If you look at pictures of her now, as compared with, you know, several, like two, three years ago, prior yeah, to yeah. when she was pregnant, she, I mean, yeah. she is she's ripped now. So yeah. I think she's hitting her stride. Yeah, you know, I want to see Dern against Esparza. That, That'd be a good that. matchup too. Yeah. So should be interesting, but women's straw weight again is one of those. Uh, it's just a fantastic division. Best one out there, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you have it, the state of the UFC. You now know every, who the champions are going to be in the next few years. If you don't want to watch, you don't have to because we told you what happened. Um, mm -hmm. With that being said, Zach, it has been a pleasure as always. I can't thank you enough. Um, again, this is Section 247 Presents in the Fight. Check us out, everyone listening on Sportswire Radio. Thrilled to be here. Again, thank you to Tommy Bryce. And check us out. Get the merch, TKO Store, T-E-E-K-O Store.com, at ITF Show, all social media, in the fight.net. 
check out my picks for this weekend's fights. And everyone, please stay safe um, and healthy and everything else. Uh, for those celebrating, I hope you have an easy fast for Yom Kippur. And we will be with you soon. Take care. Thank you.